This is Jarvis Sensor, the editor-in-chief of Live Free Magazine, where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life, mind, body, and spirit. And this is an episode of Motherland, The Truth, with Isaac Leeward. Isaac? Yes, sir. Take it away. Well, um, well t- today I would like to discuss or talk about how I became involved into... Uh, seeking to reconcile African Americans with Africans. Um, it's an interesting story. It was in 1965, Christmas time. I was 10 years old then, and my family, uh, my family visited our hometown. Me and my father we visited our hometown in Ghana called Abra Dukwa, in the central region of Ghana. When we entered the town, I saw a statue that looked like a warrior. I inquired for my father about this statue, and he began to narrate. Then he said, during the slave trade, there were wars fought in this area, and the statue symbolized the resistance to the intrusion of the Europeans. It is believed some of our relatives were taken away. This is, uh, Amber Dunkel is in, it's about 20, 15, 20 kilometers from Cape Coast, which is the major area where both slaves were taken, were in transit, uh, did their transition into the new world. Something came upon me that day I could not express to my father, but said to myself, one day I will go to where they are and bring them back home. I learned from my history classes in Ghana that initially when the Europeans came, they were involved in battle trade with the elders and the people of the coast towns when they were trying to discover, find their way to India. They brought wine, beets, spices, uh, 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 tobacco. They were trading those items. I mean, uh, in the town, the Africans had those things. And then the Europeans, in return, received gold. They brought those spices, and they received gold, diamonds, ivory. At initi- initially, the elders, kings and chiefs, and the queens of the towns and cities in the villages developed relationships with these Europeans and entrusted them to take their children to Europe to be educated in agriculture, architecture, and sciences. Most of the children were from royal families and will be expected to be the next of king. This arrangement went on for some time. But a shift occurred when the Europeans realized the capabilities of the Africans. They easily adapted to the climate. They were able to rapidly learn the language and were industrious and inventive. So the Europeans decided to use them as servants and gardeners. And thus, a new industry was born. 
Europeans decided that the Africans were now the new best free labor that any country could possess. So again, they came to Africa for more people to educate. And this time, they came bearing gifts and tales of bribe and, de- and deceived the elders so that they could continue to take more of the African community away. As time went on, and the elders were getting old, they wanted their children back. It was time for them to take their rightful places and lead as elders and kings and queens, but unknown to the elders, the Americas were now being being settled. The Europeans had decided that the free labor of the Africans would be used to build the American economy. So they came back to get more people from Africa. But the elders made it clear that until those that were entrusted to them before were returned, there will be no more Africans sent to Europe to be educated. Unwilling to give up their new enterprise, the Europeans returned, this time with military force, to intimidate the elders. They came by sea, as usual, always, but this time there were more ships, and instead of bearing gifts, the Europeans bore arms. To make their intentions clear to the elders, the Europeans had the elders assemble to watch a demonstration of force. They brought cannons into the castle, took a cow from the village, and put it on a hill, it in plain view of the elders lit the cannon and completely pulverized the cow to make their point. Fearing death of their families, the elders were forced to comply. Village after village fell to the plight of the Europeans. Africa was now was now not only going to experience pain and suffering, but experience loss that will tear the heart out of its two continents, only to see them joined. Both Africans and African-Americans will share the same destiny. Like Joseph, the African-Americans will be able to assist in advancing the motherland in the future. And this is the purpose of the book I'm writing, to reconcile the, and love for all races. And so you... this, this is the African perspective of how we learn, some of us learn about how slavery started. There's a, there's a, a, a concept uh, uh, that uh, they say in part of Africa, the Africans, people of Africa, we are friendly people. All right, and uh, we when we we don't see a stranger, every stranger becomes a friend. All right, every stranger becomes a friend until you show that you're unfriendly. But to the European counterpart, every stranger is an enemy until you become a friend. So that's a two contrast personality, and so. We think one way, they think the other way. 
and this may be part of why the Africans open up to them in the end they took advantage of our kindness okay any questions so so how are you planning to uh, implement this reconciliation well I'm working on the uh, on my book the shared destiny the shared destiny will explain uh, uh, all the more information to come I believe it is the part of it is divinely directed and uh, hold on a minute. of the 14th anniversary uh, has now made Ghana uh, the first African country that every any African American who wants to become a Ghanaian can have a dual citizenship. So that has already begun. There's uh, a large uh, African American community between, I believe, uh, now maybe uh, three to 5,000 African Americans who have been living in Ghana since the 19. 19- Jesus divorce remains with taking there. So the recognition has already begun. Uh, 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 but the the uh, organizations have to come together to really have uh, uh, what do you call it? Where we can begin to speak with one voice. How do we make the motherland self-sufficient? For instance, in full production. Because the key is that uh, if, you're, uh, if you can feed yourself, then others take advantage of you. Right. And when you can feed yourself, then, well, if we have gold, then we, we don't need, we can eat gold, right? Correct. So you can eat diamonds. All these resources, you can eat them. So the most important thing is to grow what we eat. And unfortunately, that was not the idea of the colonialists. Hmm. They turn the land close to the post to produce what they want. And then we depend on them for what we need. And we have to change that. And of course, a lot is going on now in the, the rice and corn production. But another area that I believe could be of great importance is, uh, uh, is that it could, be, it, it could also help change. We can take one country at a time. It's chicken, poultry, farm. I was surprised that in the 19, that was 2000 and, uh, about 2012, that Ghana imported 13 million dollars of chicken from the US and other countries oh. and that Nigeria spent over 100 million, 100 million to buy 
chicken also so the question comes why all right so if we just take that the gospel bird as they call it and we begin to train breed them and have the refrigeration system in place and begin to that alone could create millions of employment so we just take one thing at a time and then uh, 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 and also uh, 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 today I'm going to mention some yesterday we I mentioned part about the uh, mineral deposit resources so right. do, uh, do you know uh, 20 things that most people are not aware about Africa and these resources are sitting down and uh, the goal is that one day we African Americans with means we draw hands with their brothers and sisters and help tap into these uh, industries because most of them are owned by Fortune 100 companies. Hmm. We talk about oil. Right. Every major oil company has a piece in Africa. And from sister, I will show you as we get into it that Africa is the continent which is progressively discovering up to 6% reserves of oil year after year mm. and all this is going to the major companies all right and of course they are masters of themselves they control everything and anyway we're not we're, so uh, uh, the first thing is that we have to tackle food industry make the continent self-sufficient in food and now we can sit back Another major business opportunity, construction, real estate. Ghana is in 1.2 million home deficits. Just Ghana. So you can just imagine the rest of this. So a lot of opportunities are there, and now we tackle one at a time. But the reconstruction has already begun. The Ghana government is already in it, and the former... Uh, Doctor, the former, uh, what do you call her, ambassador representing the African Union in DC, uh, now has formed an organization and they're doing tremendous. Actually, they are building, uh, they have plans to build the Wakanda city in Cape Coast, where most slaves were taken. So, that's all uh, the things already in place, but we just, you know. Everybody has their point, a part to play. And mine is to expose what I have discovered and let. Uh, yeah. so, so, this Wakanda City, what does that entail? It's entail building the, the uh, one of the chiefs that I know has given the land where they're going to build the Wakanda City, just like in the movie. Okay. Actually, architectural design, all that has been put in place. I can send you the link. You can take a look at it. It will blow your mind. Wow. What is about to happen. And so they are actually soliciting funds from uh, uh, donations, contributions to lay the foundation. Actually, I just saw they came up with their own uh, cryptocurr
interesting. Okay. What else? What else was shared? What do we have shared today? Okay, and now I'm going to tell. Uh, I'm going to share about. Uh, did you know some of the fans will want to educate? Uh, all of this will be in my book uh, as soon as hoping that the early next year will be available. But it's good for people to know some of the fans uh, that African house that has happened to build everybody's economy except Africans. Let me see here. Just here, we're, we're talking about resources of Africa, things about Africa that most African Americans and um, most Africans are not aware. All right, and so I put it on that uh, topic. Did you know? All right, so did you know Africa has one third of the world's deposits of uranium? Wow, no. And they are located in eight countries in Africa, led by Niger, Namibia, DRC Congo, Angola, Guinea, Ghana, Burundi, and Cameroon. Hmm. One third of the uranium on the planet so far discovered are in Africa. And then, uh, did you know Africa has 85% deposits of the world's manganese? And you can find them also in eight countries. Led by South Africa, the world's largest producer with 80% of the deposits. Born, Ghana. DRC Congo, Republic of Congo, Cameroon, Egypt, and Morocco. And then Cote d'Ivoire and Burkina Faso has, has deposited but they are undeveloped. Manganese is used in steel and pig onion industries, dry battery cells, photographs. Photography, textile, leather, paint, varnish, oil, and much industries. Wow. Lots of untapped resources. Did you know chromite, Africa hosts 85% of the world's most strategic mineral, mineral, chromite, chromium, with 80% of, of this product in South Africa, the largest producer. Now you see why Ernest Mandela was kept in prison. <laughs> Zimbabwe uh, is the ninth producer of, uh, of the product and Madagascar, 15th, and Sudan, 18th, were producers of chromite. Now all these minerals I'm mentioning, we do not control the prices, the well market. We have the deposits. We don't mind them. Others mine us and give us for so-called royalties. 
Okay. I think that's the problem. I think that there needs to be some type of shift of like management of of those resources. Like there should be a way that African can Africa can set the price of the product that they're selling and manage the mining of it so that they not only are making the money from the mining, but they're making money from the actual sale of the product as well. Exactly. Right, go get us somewhere else. But now listen. And they said, okay, we don't need your cocoa because they have stockpile that they can survive for a year too without needing any more importation. Huh. And that's all you depend on. All oh, right? wow. Enough infrastructure, silos to host, to keep your product until the market gets so what happened? The Ghana economy slumped because they got lost. I mean, there's the spoil. You can ship them. Cocoa has to move. After you dry them, they have to move. You can't store them. You didn't have the infrastructure, the facilities to keep it for two, three years. Right. You only have infrastructure to keep it for maybe six months. Alright. That needs to change. The infrastructure. So, so, so that's the game. Okay. So they put you under the begging side of the scale. Spectrum. Yeah, switch that around. Alright. But that was then. Now it's a bit different. <laughs> okay. So so these are some of the things. Alright, so let's, <coughs> let's go in and so you it's one thing saying Africa has one third of the resources on the planet. Another thing knowing what is actually there. Donated the 200 million 
to build and left 54 million to maintain it for another five years. Of course, there are other controversies that they bought the building and all of that, but hey, at least they built it. <laughs> all right? Now, oil. According to African Union and African Development, Development Bank report, oil production in the continent is expected to rise at an average rate of 6% per year for the foreseeable future. Hmm. So the question is, who controls the African supply market? <coughs> Did you know oil in Africa? Africa is the main continent in the world with frequent and substantial new findings of oil and gas. The joint report from the African Union and African Development Bank states that African oil reserve grew by over 25% and gas by 100% since the late 1980s. Wow. Oil in the Atlantic coast. Did you know the waters running along the west coast of Africa? We talk about the Atlantic Ocean may hold 75 billion barrels of oil according to u.s geological survey wow well and, and wrapping up in the last few minutes of the show the episode what are okay. some of the last little nuggets you want to share with our our audience did you know that namibia a former german colony twice the size of that country Namibia, a twice the size of Germany, is the world's fourth largest uranium producer. Wow. Wow. Guys, stay tuned for more of these amazing tidbits of, of, of facts and truth about the motherland. Uh, this has been Jarvis Hester, the editor-in-chief of Live Free Magazine, where we inspire you to live free in every area of your life, mind, body, and spirit. And this is an episode of Motherland, the Truth with Isaac Leeward.